You made it. You found us. This is the Dose of Support podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, and I'm a nurse practitioner and healthcare worker just like you. Here at Dose of Support, we bring the whole interdisciplinary team in healthcare together. We hear stories, we have role representation, and we talk about self-care in healthcare. Remember, Dose of Support, it's guests. Hosts are not affiliated or representing an employer or organization. Here, we are sharing our own thoughts and ideas. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider, and my guests are not here to provide healthcare either. Seek out care from your own healthcare professional. And remember to protect privacy and follow HIPAA. It is so hard out there sometimes, and the only people that really understand it are you guys, healthcare workers. So join me and let's get a dose of support. There is a baby monitor in the background, and I am covered in paint. And my message to you this week is don't let healthcare change who you are unless you're going to grow, unless the change that happens is positive and good for you. And I will have so much more of an update next week. And I just want you to enjoy this incredibly vulnerable episode where I get my ass coached. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. He helps keep staff and inmates safe as a corrections officer by day, but is a life coach specifically for first responders by night. I was hesitant, but I found that we simply had to find some self-care in healthcare with Canadian-born life coach Wayne Poisson. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Wayne, I was like a life coach. There's a whole bunch of those people out there and some life coaches are just kind of a quack, right? <laughs> and yeah. I I think I had a lot of hesitancy to like even jump into this area. So can you explain the type of training you had to become a life coach and a little bit about your day job? Yeah, for sure. So Life coaching is an unregulated industry, so you do get very different qualities of life coaches, as you've kind of mentioned. I was certified through the life coach school. The reason why I chose that school is they uh, focus on this particular tool called the model, and it's very, um, like, it's like a mathematical formula. I love being able to just figure things out by working with different variables to get the results that I want. Yeah, so that's what I got certified through. Um, As you mentioned, I am a corrections officer or a jail guard, as some people might mention. Um, So that's my full-time gig right now, uh, working with the inmate population, making sure everyone's safe. And then on the side, I'm growing my life coaching business. You had mentioned to me that you specifically have worked with first responders and you've wanted to focus your coaching on that population. And I'm just kind of wondering... You know, your work as a corrections officer, you are a first responder, you know, you're CPR certified, you see some stuff, I'm sure. Um, Why first responders and what is your tie to that community? So before I was a corrections officer, I was in the Canadian Armed Forces, so the military. Um, And the one thing I've kind of realized both with in those two different fields, but also working with the nurses in the corrections uh, facility as well um, and other first responders that I know like firefighters is there's there's a lot of common uh, patterns that emerge with um, how people adjust and cope with those different roles so there ends up being like a a lot of cynicism might build up over time 
um, you know, people, first responders get into the business because they want to help people. And lots of times you may start to feel like you're not helping people the way you'd like to, or things just don't always work out the way you want them to. Yeah. Um, so like cynicism, dealing with the uh, stresses of shift work, working days and nights and 12 hour shifts. There's definitely a lot of patterns that it doesn't matter which first responder you are, but you can probably relate to a lot of them. Well, and we, we've said this on the show before, like it was all difficult and challenging and had its own array of issues before COVID came. (laughs) And so, so I hear what you're saying. So you, you personally have done the work. You have been in these environments, working these shifts, you understand and you see it amongst your colleagues. And so you just saw this need, it sounds like. Yeah. So I originally got into life coaching because I found the Life Coach School's podcast. And so I started to apply what I was learning into my own life and got such great results from it. I decided I wanted to get certified to help out others. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where that all fit together is I was just kind of being my own example, what was possible and wanting other to share that with others as well. Isn't that funny how people like you were looking for a solution for yourself and then, you know, going into a helping profession to help people, it's almost like that cynicism that you talked about, you're looking for a way to help people. It's just not the same people that you thought it would be. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay. What's the best part of both of your jobs of being a corrections officer and of being a life coach? My favorite part about being a corrections officer is being able to respond to a crisis situation and bring order to it. So corrections is very structured it's very routine until something goes wrong and then all of a sudden it's absolute chaos and so when i'm able to work with my coworkers and just have really good teamwork um, work together to make sure everyone's safe and bring a calm peaceful resolution to a situation um, it just gives you that sense for me it's that's where i get a big sense of purpose it's just Aww. that teamwork and getting good results together And for life coaching, um, I'd say for me, it's the aha moments that people get. So you'll be talking to someone, you're working through a situation, and you can actually see the exact moment where like a light bulb just goes off in their head. Mm -hmm. And like their entire perspective on how things are just change. Like I had a client recently who self-described as a catastrophic thinker, like always worrying about things, always going to the worst case scenario to the point where it would kind of, it caused her almost like a paralysis. Like she couldn't do anything but Mm. sit and worry when these things were going on. And so an example was her dog was sick and super, super attached to her dog. So her mind wanted to go to the worst case scenario, like my dog's going to die, like all this stuff's happening. And so we were kind of exploring it. And she started to realize that her brain was worrying because it was trying to protect her. Yeah, It thought that by telling her and showing her the worst case scenario that it would protect her if that actually happened. Okay. What is, what is the worst part about both of these jobs? The worst part about corrections for me is um, it's hard to explain, but it's, you might deal with it also in healthcare, but um, not letting it change who you are. 
And that's kind of what brought me to life coaching was it's very easy to be when you're in a negative environment, when you're a very cold, concrete building with no sunlight and everyone's miserable and no one wants to be there, including correctional <laughs> officers. <laughs> it's a very, very depressing environment. Um, and you're dealing with the worst case um, situations for humans. You're dealing with violence. You're dealing with death. You're dealing with uh, interpersonal conflict. You're dealing with uh, harassment, discrimination. Like you're, you're dealing with people that can't fit into society and you're surrounded by them for 12 hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized that was starting to affect me, that's when I realized I need to find a solution to it. And for me, that was life coaching. So there's a lot of parallels that you just drew to healthcare. Um, and I bet a lot of people listening are like, yeah, like that's totally, <laughs> I mean, a dark hospital with concrete walls, sometimes no windows, like I've like the basement. Oh my God. I've, I death being surrounded by death and violence. And depending on where people work in healthcare, they may be seeing that. It just depends on where they are. So that. I, I definitely relate to that being really difficult, but what you said really resonates with me, how it changes you. Um, and I think that that can go both ways, right? Like your work and what you experience at work can change you for the better or, <laughs> or it can swing <laughs> the pendulum the other way and you can take away the, the negative parts too. I mean, I've certainly, I feel like I've gained a lot of strength grit. I don't know what you call it. I, right. maybe we can label that later, but, um, <laughs> like resilience kind of, yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't know if it's because it was so hard or whatever, you know, I, maybe it was just in me all the time and healthcare brought it out. Um, so it's just very interesting that you say that, that you, you don't want it to change who you are. And that's very difficult. What's hard about life coaching then? It's hard to say, but I guess for life coaching, it's that not many people have heard about it. And some people that have heard about it have had kind of, I guess, bad experiences, kind of like you mentioned, like those really out there life coaches. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's about sharing and educating what life coaching is and how it can help. And just getting people to that point where they know they want to change. And they've probably tried a ton of different things to um, get the results they want. So like, let's say if it's light, uh, weight loss, you know, they probably tried a whole bunch of diets. They've probably had New Year's resolutions. They've probably done all these things. And so when you're bringing them this new um, tool that they've never heard about before, it, they're automatically going to be a little bit cynical. So mm -hmm. you kind of have to work with them a little bit to show them how it works and you know, what the results are they can get from it and how it's different than all the ways they've tried before and, you know, how before they've never targeted the root cause, uh, which is their, their thoughts and their belief systems behind it. Yeah. So this is why, you know, we all know what we need to do to get our results. Like there's no shortage of, you know, for weight loss, like there's no shortage of diet plans. There's no shortage of workout plans, but it's actually getting yourself to do it. That's a lot of times the hard part. Mm -hmm. And that's where people yeah. need that extra bit of help. So, yeah, it's just about, you know, spreading awareness and showing how I can help, especially with first responders with since we do have a bit of cynical nature to us because mm -hmm. of our nature of our work. There's that added layer, right? 
Well, having to explain what you do is something that um, a lot of women in healthcare especially have to deal with. But as an interdisciplinary podcast, I feel like we've had all sorts of different folks on that have had to justify what they do at work and explain what they do and what their job is. And I would think that in your work as a life coach, you would feel that too, like how frustrating it, frustrating it, it can be that people don't understand how you can help or what your job really entails with this work, um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you, like I can see when someone comes to me with a problem, I can see where they're at, why they're there, what they can do to get to the result that they want. So sometimes it's frustrating when like you, you can see it for them, but they haven't been able to see it for themselves. Yet. Yes. So just yes. kind of bridging that gap a little bit. Well, folks, when we come back, Wayne is going to life coach me and I'm a little scared. So stay <laughs> tuned. Welcome back from the break. I have Wayne Poisson, our corrections officer and life coach, here to kind of show us what life coaching for first responders can be like. And I am his guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, like he has a whole course. He has coached other people. Like I, I'm not his first client by any means, but we did want to show the listeners what like a session would be like and how you can reframe things. And um, <laughs> Wayne and I have done this prior. It was a while ago um, when we chatted before, but I'm like pretty nervous because last time he like, it was like looking in a mirror and like bitch slapping myself. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, oh my god. That's not the type of marketing I would use. No, but. <laughs> no. Um, but it was it was eye-opening. Like you were saying, yeah. with with what you do is is sometimes you see the end result, but your client doesn't. And I was bitch slapped by my <laughs> by myself. So <laughs> all right. So how do we start? So what would you like to get coached on, Vanessa? I would say my biggest struggle is my work-life balance or finding balance between all of the things. Okay. And what are the things you're balancing? Um, my job, which I absolutely love. I love working in healthcare. I love being an NP. Um, I love what I do. Um, I want to spend more time with my kiddo. I feel the mom guilt so hard that... It's never enough for him. Um, I, I just want to be there more for him. I want to strengthen my relationships. I want to have a lot more time for self-care. So I would say like those four areas, if it's a square, there's like a, a little square within the square, like four square. Um, and each of those things has a square, but none of them are balanced. Okay. Why don't you think they're balanced? That's a good question. I think that there's multiple reasons. I think I have a demanding job. 
and sometimes the boundaries are very good and sometimes they're not, just depending on the patient situations that we have. And I like to just be flexible with those boundaries if I need to, but it does bleed over literally into (laughs) the rest of my life. Um, And then as a mom, I feel like there's never enough time. You know, I, I feel like I should spend every moment that I, every free moment that I have should be with him while he's awake. And then any personal time or relationship building time with family and friends um, I feel like that should be like while he's asleep. A lot and, of this seems to be centered around time. Yeah. So if you yeah. could say like one statement about time for you, what would that be? That makes me think like, yes, there's never enough time. I do feel that way, but I don't think that that's at the core of this because there, there's enough time. I produce a podcast. I like, I do other things, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, like there is enough time, but, um, I don't feel the balance between things okay how does that make you feel when you think i don't feel the balance like a failure i feel like i feel my son like uh, i do i do a great job i don't think that i fail at my work but it's at a cost to the rest of the four squares and so when you think the thought i don't uh, feel the balance and you feel like a failure what actions do you take from that i try to harden those boundaries that I have between work and home life. You know, I try to come home earlier or I try to make sure I get a workout in or I try to spend that extra time with the kiddo. Um, so for everything that we do and every kind of circumstance in our life, so the circumstance right now is like your job, uh, your kid, wanting a self-care routine and your relationships, we have multiple um thoughts about them and so one thought which is the i don't feel like i don't feel the balance is leading to the feeling of failure and it sounds like there's also another thought you're having which is leading you to try to correct that like strengthening your boundaries doing whatever but if we focus very specifically on when you're feeling that feeling of failure what do you do in that moment before you try to correct anything a lot of common one for failure would be like judging or shaming yourself might be uh, an action you would take okay here's like maybe not this is not a good statement on my behalf but (laughs) but I don't know if I realize that overwhelm or that overbooking or that imbalance until after the imbalance has happened I I make a judgment after and in the moment I'm just working hard at what I'm doing and not looking at the full picture i i don't know i but i do reflect i do reflect and i think oh i worked too much last week or you know i didn't i didn't do enough xyz and the listeners know that i specifically keep expectations for myself that i can meet that are reasonable for exercising or yoga or or a self-care routine. Like I try to make it a not stressful thing by making it something I can meet. Um, so whenever I feel like an expectation hasn't been met, um, that's when I do feel like a, like a failure. And, and when I'm reflecting later, then I'm like, ooh, I, I overbooked. I'm, I'm not doing enough in this area of my life. Right. So the actions we got so far, judging yourself for overbooking, 
thinking I didn't do enough. Is there any other kind of actions or inactions uh, that come from the feeling of failure? I do a lot of trying to pre-plan. So I'll try to write out what I'm going to do for the week or I'll try to plan out my schedule a little bit differently to make a change to see if that'll help. And that has actually helped a little bit sometimes um, when I schedule in some administrative time. But I don't think that I have good skills around finding that balance between all the things. I think I have high expectations that I should just do all the things. So you you think you don't have good skills and then you also um, <laughs> feel like you're not meeting your own expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if we look at these actions that are coming from the feeling of failure, so judging yourself for overbooking, um, thinking I didn't do enough, think I don't have good skills, thinking you're not meeting your own expectations, it's kind of creating a failure. So the thought it usually relates to the result that you create. So the thought was, I don't feel the balance. And the result is kind of like, you're almost thinking like you're not enough, right? Mm -hmm. It's not it's not the external factors that are the problem. You're you're kind of blaming yourself. Like, I don't have the skills for this. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. And what are your thoughts on that? What's that bringing up for you? I do have the skills for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know how to do my job very well. I know how to be a mom to my kiddo, like a champ. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. How, yeah, I have all the tools. I know what to do for self-care. We've got a great podcast about that. <laughs> exactly. So if we if we start to look into this, like I said, usually we always have multiple thoughts on whatever the circumstance is. And so you just kind of mentioned another thought that you can tap into that'll probably serve you more. Um, you mentioned I do have the skills for it. Um, so when you think that thought, how does that make you feel? Empowered. Okay. I, I, I feel confident. I feel I have what it takes. I mean, and I, I don't know why I'm saying that like a question mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have what it takes. Like, um, but. Right. So when you have that thought, I do have the skills for it and you feel empowered. Now, what actions are you taking from that feeling of empowerment? I think that's what where the work is. I think that's that's what I need to figure out then. How can I take the skills I have and create a better balance? And I don't know what needs to change for that. You kind of mentioned a couple actions before that I think kind of fit into this. You mentioned that you do pre-scheduling, mm -hmm. um, kind of like figuring out your schedule uh, in advance. Mm -hmm. um, setting up boundaries was something that you said that you do. What other kind of actions like that come from feeling empowered? after thinking I do have the skills for it. Like, even if I had an idea, I maybe have tried it before or it didn't work or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of... What if you could just take a guess and just throw something random out there and let yourself be wrong if need be? Well, I could always cut something out. Okay. <laughs> I could always go part-time at work. I could always stop being a podcaster. I could always, you know, I could, I could cut down on my workout days and I could, you know, I, I, 
could do less of one thing and more of another thing. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, what actions or inactions do you take there? I often get, I don't completely shut down, but I, I distract. Um, it's, it's not very productive at all. <laughs> like <laughs> that's when I'm on Instagram or that's when I'm watching TV or I decide to just do something else that maybe isn't going to serve me later because I'll be behind on work or I'll be spending less time with my kiddo. And so it's, it's a coping mechanism that is not really serving me well. Yeah. So in life coaching, we call that buffering. And so what ends up happening is when we feel a negative emotion, um, there's four different ways we can cope with it. One of which is avoiding. And so when we try to avoid a negative emotion, it usually leads us to buffering, which is where we choose something else that makes us feel better in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so lots of times with buffering is that it makes us feel good in the moment, but in the long run, it almost always makes us feel worse. Yeah. And so, you know, you might find yourself, you're feeling overwhelmed because you have all these things going on. So you distract yourself with TV or Instagram and you know, you, you kind of feel a little bit better, but at the same time, you're probably guilting and shaming yourself the entire time, being like, <laughs> I should probably be working. I shouldn't be doing this. You're not really enjoying the time, you know, and then the, you get through, you binge watch a couple episodes of your favorite show. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, now I still have all of these things to do. Yeah. And I have even less time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely practice avoidance at times or procrastination. Sometimes I work really well under that pressure and sometimes it's crippling. So, but that buffering, I I definitely do that. So, the funny thing is that the thought behind all of this is that there's never enough time. But you just proved to yourself that you have time for buffering. I have time to buffer. It's true. <laughs> Buff and puff, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So, the other thing about this is that um because it's all kind of related to time time is we like to think that time is completely objective but there is a bit of um bit of an art to time like you've probably experienced it where sometimes it feels like time's dragging on Mm -hmm. and then you have other times where it feels like time flies by yeah especially at work and that sort of thing so there we do have our own perception of time which is different than the objectiveness and so when your brain wants to think that there's never enough time it's gonna find our brain always wants to prove us true because it wants to be right Mm -hmm. so it's gonna find ways to fill all the time that you have you're gonna as long as that's like your dominant thought Mm -hmm. you're never gonna have any extra time for yourself because you're gonna fill it with buffering you're gonna fill it you know, you've already got these tasks on your plate and then maybe you're already feeling like there's not enough time and then you started a podcast <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> then you start another hobby or you start something else, right? I you're sure always... should did. My, my yeah. child was <laughs> one year old and I started a podcast like a crazy person. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know this is something that I had to work through too, where I was, I was the literally the moment I fell bored, I would find some sort of task. We have total control over our time, but how we think about time is going to determine, it's it's like a subconscious 
um, way of determining how we use our time. Bringing that awareness, uh, often on dose of support, what we talk about is like, we know what the self-care thing is that we need to do. So how do you do it? And, (laughs) and bringing that awareness, it sounds like what you're saying is something that I might be able to do to rewire how I feel about time and time management. Um, So how do you do the thing? The thing about our brains is that as we practice certain thoughts, they become beliefs Mm -hmm. and we actually change the neural pathways in our brain through this. Um, There's different tools and techniques to kind of challenge old beliefs and work on new ones. So how would you want to think about time? Like I always have time and like I'm never running late. Okay. I would always want to feel like, oh, I've got hours. When you think that thought, I always have time. How does that make you feel? I'm literally smiling on like, I don't know if you can like hear my smile on the microphone, but like, like, I have, I have so much time. I, I have time to do that. I have, yeah. Like just feeling how that would feel makes me smile. So when you think that thought, I always have time. How does that make you feel? Happy. And when you feel happy. What actions or inactions does that make you want to take? I want to find more time. <laughs> okay. What does that look like for you? Actionable things in my life, probably sleeping differently, sticking to a structure that is not what I'm doing right now, like waking up earlier to get what I need done sooner so that I have more time in the evening with my family and or for self-care like right you know so restructuring my schedule and sleeping better and believing that there is time and believing that I have all the time in the world so what aren't you doing when you're feeling happy after thinking I always have time I'm going to assume that you're no longer buffering when you're already feeling happy, right? You don't feel that urge to reach for when you're feeling happy, you find time. Mm-hmm. So we add, with these two thoughts, we haven't changed the circumstance at all, right? So circumstances are like the facts of the situation. So facts are you have your job, you have your kid, you have your relationship, and you have a self-care routine of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. So with exercising, whatever. So those have stayed the same regardless of the two thoughts, but you can see how the two thoughts are going to lead to completely different actions and results in your life, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that work fits in is looking at the thoughts. Okay. Is this serving me or not serving? Let's break it down. What are the feelings? What are the actions and what's the result it's creating for me? Now, if I choose this other thought, what are the feelings, the actions and the results for me? When you're coaching a client, you mentioned that you have a 10, a 10 week one-on-one coaching course that, so for 10 weeks, are you doing that? (laughs) Like, are you, are you rewiring and doing the same type of technique over and over until the brain is rewired? So there's the, what we do in the actual coaching sessions, which is this kind of work. Um, and then there's also introducing different, um, tools and concepts in life coaching that might work it's kind of like hiring a personal trainer 
Like, you know, if you go to a personal trainer three times a week, I mean, with my clients, I meet them once a week, but you know, you're going to get some results, but if you're also eating well and doing whatever outside of the the personal training sessions, you're going to get better results. You and I have talked about this, but the listeners might not be seeing a clear line in the sand between a life coach and a counselor or a psychologist. Can you explain what the difference is? Yeah. So there's this really great metaphor that I like to use for this. And so therapy or counseling is it's kind of what helps you like if there's a hole in the ground and you're in it, it kind of helps you get out of the hole and get back to ground level. And then life coaching is like if there's a mountain in front of you and you want to climb it, it's going to help you climb it. So yes. <laughs> I love that metaphor. <laughs> okay. So I, again, bitch slap in the face. You have time. Get <laughs> off Instagram. Um, just kidding. That's not what I got. Uh, <laughs> uh, if people are like, this is really interesting. I just want to see your journey. How can they connect with you, Wayne? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. At, it's uh, Life Coaching with Wayne. I also have a website, lifecoachingwithwayne.com. And if people really do want to learn more beyond that, um, they can just contact me. We'll set up a free discovery call and we'll just kind of talk about where they're at in the life, where they want to be and how life coaching can get them there. And then they kind of make the decision whether or not it's right for them. Well, I love that we reconnected. I... (laughs) I Same here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's always eye opening when I talk to you, Wayne. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll have to have you on again. And I really appreciate you taking the time today for the doses out there. Um, so thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Vanessa. All right, doses will be back in your ears next week. Dose of Support is much more than a podcast. If you love what you heard here today, please write us a review or give the show a rating. Tell a friend about the show. Maybe we can help somebody else. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or become a Patreon. We need you. Dose of Support is written, managed, produced, edited, mixed, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. Thank you for being here and for being a dosey. I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.